Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Hello. Ready to celebrate a season of things going on with picture shows that have singing. Some of them, anyway. Yeah. This is this is the time of year when for all the right and for some wrong reasons, every studio really feels that we need a new film <laughs> that is based around the holiday season. I, I want to believe it's for good stuff. They want to cheer us up. They want us to be in a good mood, and it's not just marketing and advertising and making money. Well, I, I think this film kind of, in a certain sense, served a few purposes. One, I, I really think, James Gunn wanted to do this, like wanted to make just a, a, a holiday special because it would be fun and funny at the same time. But I think secretly, like top secretly, um, this is a way to show the audience what's going on in the world before the movie comes out. So it's like a way to kind of bridge the gap just a little bit so it serves it serves a lot of purposes but i think ultimately deep down he wanted to make this um and they i i'm pretty sure they had an idea of it years ago so almost i think it's pretty cool that they're allowed to do it Uh, if you couldn't tell dear listeners we are of course speaking about the guardians of the galaxy holiday special but of course you clicked on the episode so you already knew that we didn't have to say anything but we're going to anyway, just in case uh, your friend Mark walked into the room and didn't know what you were listening to. Hi, Mark. Talking about James Gunn and the DC Universe. So we're going to handle this just a little differently. Normally when we do our reviews of films, uh, we will break them down into categories and give them uh, appropriate scores. And we will give a, a, a spoiler-free review this isn't exactly a film. This is a special, a less than one hour special that is based within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're going to just kind of, we'll still talk about the things and we'll still do the spoiler free uh, little presentation. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to make it onto the board. It's not quite, quite worthy of a full score. Yeah, probably not. But, um, there are important elements yes. in this story and you know, a lot of the things that we would pay attention to are actually pretty crucial categories. Uh, the plot um, carries along in a certain sense. And I think I'll get into that later. Um, the, the cast we know about, you know, uh, a new category that we've introduced recently is the, like the, the score Right. right, and that's an important part of this too. So, there's a lot of the traditional elements that are important in this, even though it's just a little, you know, forty-minute fun little thing that popped up. Right, exactly. And part of it, I think, also is we don't want our episode to exceed the length of the actual <laughs> film itself. Good point. <laughs> Good I would point. feel a little funny on that one, but uh, so just brief, brief uh, opinion. Is this worth watching on streaming? Yes. 
If you are a fan of Christmas films, it's worth it. If you're a fan of the MCU, it is worth it. If you're a fan of the actors involved, it's worth it. It's just fun and silly and a little breath of fresh air. What do you think, Richard? I feel like when you see a lot of Christmas movies, and whether they're for five-year-olds or 40-year-olds, they kind of carry along a similar formula in a certain sense. You know, uh, problem, solution, merriment in a certain sense. And then some of them, they have songs thrown in. And that kind of, it follows that formula, but like not in a overtly just like, oh, this is a Christmas. Like it's, if you, if you like Marvel things, but don't like Christmas things, that's fine. This will fit. If you like Christmas things and you could care less about Marvel stuff, this is great too. So I think it's, I think it's a good fit. Yeah. If if it means anything, I am not a particular fan of most uh, holiday films of any kind. Um, I have a very, very select few Christmas films that I like and, uh, or Christmas, even Christmas specials. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, James Gunn just seems to have, just seems to have a grasp of what it takes to create a successful bit of fiction uh, associated from the comic book origins that it has and put it up on screen. He's shown it time and time again in the Marvel side. He's done on the DC side. That's, I'm sure, why they go, yeah, take take over this mess that is the DC universe. Fix it, please. We don't know what we're doing. Clearly don't know what they're doing. Um, like... I think I saw something that uh, Black Adam needed to make six hundred million in the box office just to break even, and they're going to lose like a hundred mil on that picture, which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, but yeah. someone put it pretty bluntly: um, if you thought that a Shazam bad guy as the star in a movie was going to be a successful movie, then uh, <laughs> probably weren't paying. <laughs> okay, but that's we're we're just rooting for James Gunn. And we this are. is a James Gunn, so like that's what it is. Um but this particular thing, I'll agree with you. Christmas things, maybe I'm just a Grinch. Who knows? Um they don't excite me. The season, like you you know, there's the Hallmark type movies mm-hmm. you can find on the Hallmark channel, you can find on Peacock. Uh, there's just tons of those things out there. They're pretty cheesy. But you can go to Disney and you can find like animated mickey ones i really like some of those those are actually pretty good but i don't get excited about those style of of movies but i tell you this entire 40 minutes i just had a grin on my face i thought it was great definitely um now obviously the entire well not the entire but the vast majority of the cast that has been part of your viewing experience through the previous Guardians films were involved with this. Um, uh, you know, we didn't get didn't get uh, a handful of characters because they are key plot elements uh, to what's going to be coming up <laughs> in the future film. Yeah. Um, I really liked the blend of animated and live action bookended the way they did it. Yeah, and the the idea, of course, with the animated stuff is that it told the backstory, right? Yeah. Um, it it meant that you could 
see a bit of the backstory for a couple characters that you wouldn't normally get. And I, I think that's a fun kind of tie-in in a certain sense to a holiday type of right. movie, mm-hmm. right? So it made sense to me. I thought I had no problems with that. And it was a it was a non-traditional animation style, which was nice to see. It just kind of felt new and old at the same time. So it was just kind of a a nice bit there. Um, all the cast seemed to do excellent with the the, the bits that they had. I I will always applaud any any instance where we get to have Kevin Bacon in anything. And having him be himself in this or a parody of himself, that was kind of awesome. Yeah, they were I don't know, I would say lucky to have him participate, especially since the story that we were told about the Peter Quill character had mentioned Kevin Bacon. So it it fits the previous storylines just perfectly. And the fact that he was so, you know, game to do it, I yeah. think is he he was one of honestly one of the best elements of the entire thing. Um e- even from an acting standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think the cast has been into their characters so much that maybe in this one they were reaching a bit or weren't they were overacting or maybe they were you I wouldn't know. call it overacting. They were leaning into it because the whole point of a holiday special is to kind of lean into the cheese a little bit. And so that's that's just all they did is we, we got more of that. It needed to be hyper accentuated. We had less time. So they had to be uh, extreme versions of themselves for the amount of time we had them. And and the, I, the the focus, you know, normally on this ensemble cast, you get everybody gets a lot of screen time, but maybe Chris Pratt gets a little bit more screen time. But honestly, in this one, it was it was Dave Bautista and uh, Palm yeah. who got a good chunk of the screen time. Um, and maybe I'm maybe that's where I'm picking on it because the Mantis character in this was maybe overdoing it in its presentation. That was the one the one thing that kind of bugged me about it was just like we're it's like we're going too far into trying really hard to make this character look like the character that they had slash is evolving into. So those were I'm I'm over I'm over analyzing, I'm over critiquing. But Definitely. that was probably my one if there is a gripe, I guess you could say it was. But I see there. where you're coming from. I tried to kind of push that aside a little bit because, again, a lot of my history is in the comic book source material, and this Mantis is not that Mantis. There are certain shared elements, for sure, visually, uh, somewhat in terms of power set. Uh, but the the Mantis in the comics was an ass kicker. I mean, she was an expert in martial arts. We got to see just a smidge. We did get to see some of that in this, but I mean, to the point where she could, with no real superhuman strength, uh, there was a, a fun bit in one of the West Coast Avengers issues where she just stood down Hawkeye and She-Hulk and Wonder Man and just basically the whole team by herself. 
no problems. <laughs> it was admittedly a bit of a surprise. They didn't expect to get attacked, but generally you would think a team of individuals would take a person with no powers down pretty quickly. Uh, not so much. And that's kind of the mantis that I always want to see, but I do like this this uh, version of the character that's uh, a fish out of water in every sense of the word. There is nothing that is really normal to it. And so everything can be new. And that's a way for us to kind of step into uh, experiencing that, uh, seeing things through a different perspective for the first time. And that's, that's what they're trying to do. And that's really, I think, where they overdid it and where you felt that is because everything was that way and it was just the most absurd reaction in every instance, which you only really need to do it a couple of times to really, again, establish that. Uh, for the for the comedic value, but it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, and if uh, and once again, I'm I'm just being picky, and some of the other characters, you know, didn't have their face on screen an awful lot. No, right. I, I'd say in third, let's call it, was Chris Pratt. Right, he probably had a, a third most of the Guardians group. Uh, we got to see like. What what would you call the Groot character in this? Like a buff teenager, <laughs> I guess. A bodybuilder Groot. <laughs> yeah, like he seemed he seemed uh, like meteor. I, I don't know. Like he'd been yeah, like he'd been working out. Um, so we we did get to see that character a little bit. Saw a little more Craglin. Yeah, that's true. We got to see more, and, and I feel like you know we'll see even more of that character again coming up here too. Uh, I mean, we got to see him a little bit in Thor, so we we know he's become part of the of the of the group, part of the squad. Um, it looks like he's got his augmentation to his head complete. <laughs> I, I in like this how one. he admits that. It's like I still don't know how to use this really very well yet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, what but, else was there? So we saw, you know, we got to see Cosmo. Little... Yes. He's uh, uh, Rocket's got a friend. Yes, uh, Cosmo is is voiced in this instance by Maria Bakalova, and she did a good job. And it was it was cute and it was fun, but again, diverting from comics. In the comics, the the dog is definitely psychic, has telekinetic abilities, but part of the fun is it was sent up by the Russians. So as like a joke, it has a Russian accent. But it only communicates via telepathy. So that's absurd in every sense of, of it. But that's part of the joke. And we didn't get the joke, which made me a little sad. Yeah, I thought they would maybe lay it on thick in this one. But uh, um, the communication via whatever collar thing, I guess, is... It's, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's tested. Maybe uses the psychic powers to present it through the stretch of course but it doesn't really matter too much um and you were talking about the music the music fantastic choice of uh soundtrack in this and the new song again you know i don't like most christmas uh, movies i really don't like christmas music it is it is a bane of my existence for the most part but the Christmas song that was presented, this was excellent. Yes, pre presented as the same kind of cheesy, poppy rock 
thing, right? Kind of jingly, but with lyrics that kind of, you know, in a certain sense, made fun of Christmas music, right? Made fun of the, yeah. the holiday uh, because you're, you're presenting it as aliens who only heard stories. It's like playing the, 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 the phone tag game, right? Like right. hand me down stories from Peter when he was really young about what Christmas actually meant. So when they hear these stories, it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense at all. So this, like the song is describing the absurdities of some of it when viewed from an outside perspective. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty solid. And the uh, musician, Rhett Miller, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's been around for a long time and has kind of a storied career. Um, he, if you're not familiar with the band, the old 97s, that was uh, a you know a huge country band uh, that he was a front man, but he also had a solo career. So, I mean, this guy knows how to, to write music. He's had a number of uh, hits over the years, and it's not surprising considering the quality of what they gave us. That was uh, <laughs> that was. That was truly excellent. Um, now, I don't know how to pronounce his character's name in this. Zermik It Ak Alak. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Something like that. Yeah, a lot of syllables. It's like Mr. Mitzpidlik. If that's how I'm you pronounce it. say his name backwards and then he. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say his that. guitar backwards. anymore? I don't know. <laughs> But uh, so that not only did we get really fun stories in short, you know, we talk a lot in films about is the is the scenery, the locations that they're putting this in interesting. Are there are they varied? I mean, is it something cool? And for 45 minutes, they had some really interesting locations. They were able to just kind of jam into this. I mean, we got a much better view of nowhere than I've seen. Yes. Now, if you if you remember, so once again, I said this is a way to advance the characters without putting it on like big screen. Uh, they purchased it from the collector. Yeah. I think that was a small little snippet that we got in there. Um, they must have had a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure was he it? wanted to put as much distance between <laughs> that place and himself as he could. Yeah. So that that obviously had some importance now now they've turned it into a business right it looks like right well a play a camp but a business yeah uh, a, a, like a home base in a certain sense um so yes you did get a, a nice kind of camp feel not not when i say camp not like out in the woods with tents right just like a base a, camp a base camp yeah, yeah. um the house for Kevin Bacon was freaking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. and it's like what we all imagine every every big A-list actor is going to have a home of <laughs> that level quality or better. And it definitely lived up to expectations what we would expect to see. Um, but they even went to some some stores, right? Yeah. Because just, just them landing on Earth well, and 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 getting a chance to actually see and explore Earth to an extent, because they don't it, the all all the little parts of it, the detail of like, well, they wouldn't know what the laws and the rules are landing on Earth, 
right? So they're just walking in like, let's do this and let's grab this. And let's, uh, so they, they don't know any of those things. Uh, so even playing those little, little bits of detail in there, I thought was presented pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, the, the chase sequence was just silly and fun. Uh, getting attached to the the Christmas ornamentation that they didn't understand was fun. The the Hollywood strip uh, and the reaction to the people posing on the strip uh, was particularly fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the just the like they they saw the person in the Captain America. They're like they're like Steve. They got it all excited, and then they. They just attacked the person and gave them hugs. And they did. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that was that was excellent. The 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 go the GoBots shout out was fantastic. Um, I saw some stupid article. Does this mean that the GoBots are now canon in Marvel? It's like no, it's a joke. Come on, kind of missed the point a little bit. Yeah, um, the fact that they were then getting paid uh, to have pictures taken, like. Yeah. It, all those scenarios because they're like we need money and then all of a sudden like we get money right so it, it, like all the little breadcrumbs kind of tie themselves together in the elements of the storytelling yeah. pretty well in this um the effects were solid i didn't see any big problems uh in any of the effects the ship looks great uh the instances where anything needed to have a little bit of cgi it was all smooth um the plot was simple it was was just, that the same fancy ship? I, I guess I didn't pay attention. I thought the ship in uh, Love and Thunder was still the original Milano. one. Yeah, the Milano. Because they have a new fancy one right. in, in this one. And we saw that in the Guardians 3 trailer, too. Right. So they, right. they mentioned something about that in, in this. So yeah. w- once again, planning little seeds for the future movie. Yeah, the... Uh... It's just all in all, try not, if you're going to watch this, just, you know, don't, well, if you got this far, you've already seen it, but you just, it's one of those things you don't, don't want to think about it too hard. Just kind of go with it and enjoy and, uh, you know, making uh, Quill have a sister maybe uh, is kind of a nice, a nice little move there um, because that's, that's got to be kind of a lonely a lonely concept. I'm the only human in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah, that just, I don't have anything bad to say about this other than, well, okay, okay. It's not that I don't have anything bad to say, but it's all just like the minor nitpicky stuff that we always do. Yeah. And having that, could you call it a twist or surprise was, I don't know what bearing that's going to have. Maybe this was just more of a play on this particular little little episode where, oh, it's you know the the holiday formula at the end. There's surprises and happiness at the end, right? Well, it helps explain uh, more why she was with his dad in the first place. Yep, that's so that's true. And then um, the at the end, um, they got the elf. For Drax, you know, like just a happy surprise, like, oh, look at this smiley face. So I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah. it followed to a T like those those cheesy holiday one offs. Right. Yep. So 
they, they put it all in a formula and fed it to you on a plate and it just, it just worked. Uh, getting uh, winter soldiers arm. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm curious as to what the story is going to be for that. So the, that, that was pretty funny. The only thing better than that is the reaction that some very dumb people on the internet. You, that would never happen. And why is that? And just him kind of it's like, yeah, it's canon now. Sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to happen. So, yeah, that he that that was pretty funny to me. Uh, the one. The one little Easter. There's I think there was a couple, but the one little Easter egg that I noticed and I did one of those like you're you're watching you're kind of into everything but then you see it you like you, you know you, you point your finger and you wave your finger at the TV screen like it's, it's that right there uh when they're on earth and they walk past the movie theater if you look at the marquee on the movie theater it was one of Kingo's movies right <laughs> from right. uh from the Eternals I was like oh like that's him, that's him, that's him. I thought I thought that was pretty funny. That was that was very nice. I always like when they kind of tie everything together. It's it's helps you to remember that separate but still part of the same world, and that's what makes it fun. No other series of movies can do this. So the best you can ever hope is when you get sequels that continues a story with a very select small group of people, but with so many disparate stories all in the same universe. It's just it's fantastic. Yep, I think it's. Uh... You know, we we've we, we've talked about the uh, what was it? Werewolf by Night was that what it was called? Werewolf by Night, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is another little special too, which has its own fun elements in it. But if they're going, if Marvel's going to continue to do little things like this, let's say they do one for Valentine's Day or or, or whatever it is, cool. Those look like fun like if you get the right. right people and you get the right thing and it's just you know 40 minutes of interjected different atmosphere and attitudes like i'm all for it that's fine to me yeah i i definitely agree and um it also helps to kind of keep us paying attention between the big things that they release because you can only have so many movies a year you can only have so many shows come out a year so having these smaller projects, it's just, like I said, it's just kind of refreshing. It's a nice thing to have. And we're we're a bit deprived in a certain sense of Marvel things, right? Because we we don't necessarily have a series, and there's not there's a movie in February, right? Yeah, it's coming, coming up. So there's just this fills a small void in a certain sense for some of the Marvel stuff. Uh, it'll help us hold out until Ant-Man and the Wasp comes to theaters. Yes. But, Versus gay. Yeah. Let us know what you think, uh, dear listeners. Uh, did you think this special was a move in the right direction? Uh, was it a lump of coal in your stocking? You know how to get hold of us on social media. You know how to follow us in many different ways. You also know how much we would love if you would become one of our ever-so-valued patrons. 
on Patreon for just $1 per month to support us in our ever-increasing efforts to get you good new content and people to talk to. I've got some really great interviews coming up here soon. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, you're going to really enjoy it. Take it from Sam Elliott. <laughs> bring back, he should be Whistler again. He really should. Well, he wasn't Whistler. I mean, he was... Uh... Um, it was a lot of things to be honest with you, but have we had Sam Elliott in a Marvel anything yet? Have we? Ah, uh, um, he well, he is in Ghost Rider, but not the MCU. That's that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, but until next week, try and enjoy your time, enjoy your family and your friends around you, and uh, just you know keep a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs>